Well, hello and welcome to a new season of Talk the Text with Dr. Stephen Brackeen. And today in studio, which happens to be my office, we have two very special guests. And we are recording kind of a special episode of Talk the Text. And we are looking through several things uh, and plan to do about four in this series And the title of our podcast today is, How Did I Miss the Gospel? And so we want to really be clear about what the gospel is and how oftentimes it seems like within Christendom uh, it can be missed. So I have invited two special guests with me today, one that can help keep us on track and correct me, and that is my wife, Miss Heather Brackeen. And then we also have one of our students that is preparing right now to leave uh, this week, as a matter of fact, for Liberty University. And so Miss Malia Allen is with us. I'm going to let these ladies uh, introduce themselves, and then we will get into our podcast of five questions. So, Miss Heather. Thank you for having me today. We have started dating in high school when I was 16 years 17 and then now we've been married for 20 years so if anybody should know you I guess it should be me or your mom yeah true hey everyone Um, my name is Malia I went to Crest High School I'm preparing to go to Liberty University I'm really excited about being on this podcast Um, yeah I'm glad to have the honor very good. So uh, Malia is here with a specific purpose, truly. Uh, and so Malia is going to share part of her testimony, which truly does answer uh, part of our questions. So let's get directly into our first question. All right, so let's jump right in to the topic for today. And that is, how do people miss the gospel message if it is so simple. So one of the reasons that we are going to invite some guests on this year is because uh, we want folks with personal experience on a situation like this to have some input. And so that's why Malia is here. And so Malia, thank you for coming and joining us. But Malia is going to give a little bit of her testimony and kind of answer this question, uh, partially because Malia came to Christ Uh, out of a uh, Christian home and out of a truly gospel-preaching church and Sunday school regular attender and came to Christ late in her high school years. So, Malia, if you had to answer this question, why do people miss the gospel message if it's so simple, especially in church and around Christian faith or where we live here in North Carolina in the Bible Belt, why do you think it is that people miss the gospel message uh, when it's really prevalent and out there? Um, I believe that a lot of people can miss the gospel message because, like me, you're more focused on, you know, outward appearance and how you, like, look presented. Like, if you seem like a Christian, then people will believe you're a Christian, so then that's all that you have to do to believe it by yourself. Um, For me, I grew up in a... um, in a Baptist church, you know, I played the role, I sang in the choir, did all that type of stuff, and I didn't, um, I didn't come to realize that I really wasn't saved. I had no recollection of being saved until I went to camp um, a little over two years ago, and really, you know, beat uh, beat that in my head, and you know, got saved. Um, I think that I, I really look towards Mark twelve. Um, 
verse 41 and 44, um, it talks about, you know, how um, all the rich men gave all that they, not all that they had, but like a lot of their money and they were kind of flaunting it and just, you know, putting it in the offering plate. And then the poor woman gives all she has and God's like, or Jesus better yet is like, you know, this woman has given everything she's had. Like she is the richest of all of them almost. Um, and so, you know, it really makes me think a lot of people will, you know, give tons of money or, you know, get involved with everything or, you know, live the church life and, you know, they just miss it. And that's kind of what I did. So. All right. Well, um, I think specifically uh, when you point out that so often religion, and that's kind of what you're pointing to, that religion has a lot of rituals. It has a lot of, uh, you know, performance-based criteria and the fact that sometimes by by being a part of meeting the criteria, you do almost feel as if then you've met the, the qualifications. And I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. So, Miss Heather, you got anything you would add to that? I think Malia um, was right on point when she said that maybe she was even distracted by some things that are around her. Um, I think oftentimes our ear is not inclined. The Bible talks about oftentimes that our ears, um, that God is speaking to us and that he is trying to convey messages to us throughout different people or situations in our life, but our ear is not inclined to it. And it can be not inclined for different reasons or bent toward what God has to say. And it can be distractions of life. Um, It can also be that someone doesn't know. I think oftentimes here where we are in Shelby, North Carolina, we are... um, exposed to some type of gospel presentation or at least the gospel message um, frequently. But as you travel outside of where we are in other parts of the United States and other parts of the world, there is not a strong gospel um, witness. So they don't even have that being um, presented in their life on a regular basis. But I think sometimes here, people can hear it so much that they almost take it for granted and they just it falls on deaf ears. The ear is just not inclined to even hear the gospel. Um, I, we're going to, we're going to move on to our next question, but before we do, I'm going to segue that with a little bit of a story. Um, but so ladies, as we move forward, um, I, I'm going to ask you next, what passage of scripture do you really feel like defines the gospel for you? So like if, if you're going to give a, a gospel passage of scripture to one of our listeners to say, look, just go here, read this, where would you send them? But before we do that, kind of what Miss Heather was talking about is, where you live makes such a powerful impact. This week we were, or, or the past week we were in the Boston, Massachusetts area, and uh, Miss Heather and I were both just really humbled, and and I'll be honest, just great conviction in my own life at the the lack of gospel witness that was there. There was just so little opportunity to hear truth, to find truth, and I know that the internet podcast. You can find a gospel message, but a friend, a person, and and I mean, even within this, I might ask that kind of as a segue to you is, I mean, does an individual make a difference? I think certainly it does. I, I've thought of the Great Commission in this way. Uh, it is a co. I, I've thought of the word commission a lot lately, and it's almost like the mission that he has sent us on, but it's not our mission. It's a co. He is coming with us alongside of us and using us as a part of the mission. So along with the passage of Scripture you think that would help you, what what mission 
do you feel like someone was on to help to share even the message of Christ with uh, either one of you? Um, for me, a passage that is like the best is called, it's not really, it's a passage, but it's multiple verses in one book, and it's called The Romans Road. Um, the Romans Road is extremely, extremely, extremely clear when it comes to, you know, um, either if you're leading someone to the Lord or you just want to look at it for yourself and just kind of determine whether or not you went through these steps. Um, for me, the person who helped me, um, who helped lead me to the Lord at camp and was kind of part of the commission uh, for me was, um, her name's Ashley Proctor. She goes to this church um, still and she serves in our, you know, Mother's Morning Out program. And she uh, really helped me uh, throughout that time to, you know, just help me out. I mean, we're pals and she just, she was like the perfect person to ask. I mean, my testimony's funny to look back on. It happened through some funny circumstances, but, you know, it, whoever God puts in your life is that's I think that's who he'll use and you know whether it's conventional or not conventional or not you know and anyone can help you with that if they are leading the right way uh just real quick give me maybe out of that Romans road though I mean like uh line that out for me uh give me maybe those verses where one of our listeners could go and listen or give me a truth from that passage where you would say and this is the gospel to me I mean this is what I mean, I'd heard this on my whole life, but what broke the the understanding for you? What what finally cracked the nut, if you will, opened the shell? Like you were like, "Oh my goodness, I think I'm lost." And so, uh, what do you think? What do you think did that for you? Um, for me, it we were you, so there was an early altar call, and then Brother Stephen and um, his name is Philip Raven. Or Tim Raven. I'm sorry. Phil. I, can't, Phil, I can't get you guys mixed up if you're listening. <laughs> and so they were doing an um, early altar call. They were like, if you're not saved, like, blah, 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 whatever, you should come up here. I was at the bathroom, and <laughs> and I walked back just in time for that, which is not really necessary for this, but whatever. <laughs> and so um, what I was just thinking about it because, I, you know, I had just been before then 2020 had came, and I was kind of, you know, emo, whatever, then whatever, whatever. Anyway, sorry. Um, so I had, I've been thinking like, you know, that summer anyways, and just really thinking on stuff. And I had realized I do not even, I don't remember getting saved. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, there was no memory. Uh, Maybe a little bit of the baptism, if I would really think about it. Like, I don't even know if I remember that now. And I was like, thinking, I was like, I told Ashley, I was like, you know, I got to talk to you. She's like, not right now. Like, this is important. I was like, that I really got to talk to. I told her, I was like, I do not remember getting saved. And I remember um, we did look in the book of Romans, um, and she was like, I know you don't even, like, you know this, and this is um, how you get saved. But if I hadn't known it, um, where I would go is, you know, Romans 3.23. It talks about how all have sinned, and we've, you know, come short of the glory of God. And next is Romans 6.23. It tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God um, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, after that, we would go to Romans 5, 8, and it says, and it says something along the lines of, you know, he has, God has shown us how much he loves us, but God commendeth his love towards us. And, it, and in that, you know, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so after that, we go to Romans 10, 9, and it can, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, and you know, you believe that he was raised from the dead, um, you'll be saved, and then you go to Romans 10, 10, 
And it says, you know, with the heart man believeth unto salvation, and with confession, I mean, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's the Romans road for you, and that's um, what you can use to, you know, lead someone to the Lord, or what could have helped me if I didn't know already the thing. Absolutely. All right, so when I, um, with your question, and I was looking at scripture, I do love the story in Acts 8 of the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, I think there's two parts of that um, story there that are important to the, maybe the questions you asked. Um, first of all, if you don't know the story, Philip had been a part of a revival service, and God pulls Philip away and sends him on a single journey of one soul. Um, and in this, the Ethiopian eunuch is writing, and he's actually reading the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah is an Old Testament book which also proclaims prophecy and mentions the, the life of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he's going to make. Um, and so it actually talks about how Philip ran to, to meet him, and then they discuss. He's like, here is what I'm reading, but I don't have anybody to explain to me what it means. Um, I think when we're talking about the salvation call, that there are two parts, and that there are people who are already looking for answers um, and wondering about life, life's purpose, what it means, and they look for those things in different ways. The Ethiopian was looking at this in the Old Testament scriptures. I think a lot of people have heard of the Bible, and they may just innately turn to it with the desire to know what it says, but they may not have a full understanding of what everything means in the scripture. So I do think a gospel witness is important um, in that regard, where Philip did explain to him who the lamb was mentioned in the book of Isaiah, who that fulfillment of that prophecy was, and that was fulfilled in the life of Christ. Um, that took place for me in Sunday school. I was raised in church from a young age, so I did hear the scriptures, and I knew what those scriptures meant um, because I had had a foundation laid from a very early age. Um, and then in childlike faith, I realized that I could not get to heaven by my own good works, but it must be through the good works of someone else, and that was the perfect life of Jesus Christ. Um, and so just like the Ethiopian eunuch had someone explain the gospel, um, I was privileged to be in a church where I had Sunday school teachers who explained the gospel, and um, I was able to come to saving knowledge at a young age through that. Uh, Miss Heather mentioned something that's kind of probably a great segue point for this is that, you know, people have different concepts of what they think it would take to be saved. And I think with me, this is what I find with most people that I lead, even lead to Christ. Uh, folks that we share the gospel with regularly, they have an idea of what they believe it takes to get to heaven. And, and the scripture reveals something different. So our next question is, is this concept of what lie do you think people believe um, that that would keep them away from the gospel. I would say specifically, I want to hit this question directly to Malia right off the bat, although Miss Heather referenced it in part of her testimony, is I want to hit it to you, Malia. And the reason is because obviously there was some lie you believed for a long time. And, and you convinced yourself that you were fine for a long time through countless numbers of gospel presentations, and yet you knew you had missed it. And so why do you think that is? What is the lie that you think people miss? I mean, why do we miss this? If it is truly a simple truth, and both of you ladies have done an excellent job of presenting Christ as the answer, and our faith, I mean, Malia, you mentioned that with the mouth, you're going to confess Christ. And Ms. Heather, you mentioned that it is a, it is a holistic belief, trust, faith, placed on Christ alone, not on your own good works, but like you said, on Christ. 
So why do people miss this? Why does it take so long? How do you convince yourself otherwise? And what is the number one lie that people believe? Um, for me, definitely. Uh, the big lie that I think most people believe and what I believe is that salvation is just a set of rules that you have to follow in order to go to heaven. And, sorry guys. <laughs> and although, like, obviously it does say in, you know, Matthew 7 through, 17 through 19 that, you know, you don't have to follow the Old Testament rules, but if you, obviously, you should live, you should try and live by moral rules or whatever in like the new and old isn't whatever if you we'll get into that in different time anyways you can cut that out sorry <laughs> <laughs> and so um i'll start over so what i believe about you know <laughs> so malia makes things a whole lot more enjoyable anyway just because she is hilarious and she is joyful and uh, I will say this, to be honest, one of the things I love about Malia, uh, you know, is this concept that, I mean, Malia uh, became this almost supernatural creature of joy when she became born again. It was amazing, the miraculous change uh, in this young lady's life and just the, I mean, just the tremendous turnover, I would say that like Malia is is kind of presenting is that people feel like, well, I've done enough good. I'm better than other people. I've done these other things. What difference does it make if I'm happy or not? What difference does it make if, if uh, you know, I, I've done more good than I've done bad? And yet I think so many people, Malia, if they could experience anything is the joy that you've experienced the last two years. Uh, but beyond that, I would say an evidence of this, so to answer this question, is the joy that comes and then the supernatural ability to live beyond yourself. And man, I, I mean, I know Malia, and if you're listening to this, you don't, but, uh, and maybe you do, very few of you will, but, but wow, what a tremendous, I mean, just live beyond yourself uh, ability that Malia has given uh, and shown in the last two years. And so I would say an evidence of salvation is this new life. And if you don't have a new life that is in Christ, to me, it's more important than than even being able to nail down some storyline. And I think we as Christians find that so often. We want a storyline. And I do think a time, a place that you've made this commitment is important. So I'm not saying that at all. But I think the storyline of an overwhelming life is more important. I would say Malia's testimony is great. She was saved at camp. But to me, it's more powerful that the last two years, there's been miraculous, unequivocally change in her life. And so I would say one of the lies that people believe is that you can be a Christian and not be joyful. And I don't believe that. Uh, and I don't believe you're always happy, but I believe there is joy in knowing Jesus and the love of Jesus will abound in your heart. And so I think that is probably one of the number one lies that I see young people believe uh, is that they can just stay the way they are. They'll be this way forever. And there's just no way. I mean, there is such a supernatural life. So, uh, Miss Heather, what do you think? Um, I think when we look even at the Genesis, the first book of um, the Old Testament, 
that does even the example of Cain and Abel, where Cain is trying to rely on just his own good works. And oftentimes, I think the lie that people believe is that God is not going to send them to hell because they have been morally good in some regard. They've done nice things to people and they've done um, good works or they've helped people out and they've not committed some kind of, you know, grand sin in their eyes. Um, I think we, the lie that perpetuates is they don't realize God's holiness. Um, and when we don't have a proper view of God's holiness, then our own holiness, we begin to allow supersede um, what Scripture says about what God's holiness truly represents. All right. Well, I'm going to do my best to uh, kind of excommunicate myself from the from these next two real parts. So, um, Malia, I'm going to kind of put the pressure on you. And, Miss Heather, I definitely am interested in your input in this next question. And then we'll kind of close uh, this first of Season 2 down. Uh, the first thing I want to ask is, uh, can preachers, church people, religion, let's just say things of faith, people of faith, can they, can they make salvation harder? And if so, how do, how do, how does the church get in the way of that? Maybe how do preachers sometimes get in the way of that? I mean, one of my greatest desires is to be a clear gospel witness and yet, in all my desire to be a clear gospel witness for probably a dozen years of Malia's life, she never heard the gospel from me. I mean, not in such a way that it pierced her heart. Is that because the Holy Spirit has the, the mainstay of that process and your human heart has to obey? Or is there an area that you think religion, Christendom, uh, people of faith kind of are stumbling blocks to others coming to faith. 1,000% that can happen, but not only can it happen to preachers and people of higher, um, you know, spiritual leaders, it can happen to anybody. And so um, being like, you know, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a speaker, obviously, (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that. And so like as a member of a church and I sit down and I listen to my youth pastor and I listen to my pastor I love what they have to say and I respect everything they have to say and I always take it really like, you know, with an honor because like, you know, they're up there um, preaching from, you know, what they believe is from their, from, you know, God and like they're helping them. And while that is a beautiful thing and it's a great thing to listen to, they're human. And, you know, they're, although there's only one interpretation, there are so many applications that you can, you know, get and what, you know, different people um, think of and what they think that truth is. And so even whenever, you know, a pastor or somebody up there makes a mistake, you can't even really, depending on what it is, you can't really hold it against them because, they're just human, and they're trying to fulfill God's um, plan for their life. And so I think it's easy for um, them to, you know, get in the way and make mistakes. But, you know, as long as they're trying to fix it or, um, you know, talking to others is a good way to do it. Talking to other people who you know have a stronger walk with God um, on the whatever you can tell from that, you know. But everyone can make mistakes, and so I think that, you shouldn't be too hard on them. I mean, you can always bring it to them and whatever. I mean, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Miss Heather? 
Um, I do feel you're kind of asking a very hard question, one that's probably been debated for the entirety of the church and centuries of what part does um, the Holy Spirit play in drawing and wooing and what part individuals and then your own um, just personality and um, life circumstances affect um, to say that I think everybody is unique in some regard of what can hinder them or assemble them. Um, I, I mean, I do feel it is the Holy Spirit's job. The Bible even speaks about how um, that He hardened people's hearts after they had hardened their own. Um, it speaks about how their ears, they have to have a hear, ear to hear. Um, I do feel like that God can close and open ears um, depending on people's willingness to even hear and listen to the gospel. Um, so I don't know that I have a clear or a definitive answer on that. Um, I do believe that people often use the excuse of others of a reason they're not in church or they're not seeking spiritual things. They look at, you know, media and what is supposedly a Christian. Um, and this has happened not even just even recent times. I mean, people for thousands of years, um, we even looked at the, when we were in Boston, they were talking about the Puritan movement and some of the state mistakes the Puritans made which even influenced how the people around them felt about them being there during that time. Um, so I don't think it's a new problem that we're looking at, at people maybe leading people astray and not leading the right direction. Um, ultimately, we are all going to be held account- accountable for what we do with this life. I think that God does give us all a type of moral conscience that there is a, a right and wrong, that there's something more to our life, that there is this is not just you know, you live your 75 years and that's it. I think there's a desire for longer lasting life that otherwise people wouldn't be seeking, you know, these fountains of youth or whatever. I mean, there's a, there's a, just a, a, a desire within everybody to know those answers. Um, I think God judges the sincerity of those people seeking. And then he says that based on that, I think that he reveals himself as we seek more, that he reveals himself more as well. I don't know if that answers your questions where you're going with that. No, I think that's great, and um, I, and maybe we need to do almost a whole, sh- you know, kind of a show on this, like what distracts people from coming to Christ. I, I think there are certain things that, that we make up rules. Uh, churches have rules, and churches have uh, standards, and do those distract people from the gospel? Uh, are some of them biblically based? Absolutely. And so maybe, you know, we can tackle that, because uh, that is a huge topic, and it's not a loaded question. I'm not asking that. I'm just... I guess for me, I wanted to know, you know, for Malia, what, you know, what what was the distraction? Maybe, you know, what what was the what was the stumbling block? Uh, and I think maybe Miss Heather's right. You know, the Spirit of God pierced through on that night, on that day, on the assigned time, and Malia obeyed. I think, you know, it is. And we'll talk about this another day. It takes obedience from man, and it takes the drawing from God. You can't separate the one from the other. And, uh, you know, it, it is both of those are an, inequivocally a part of salvation. So as we've talked about this kind of this gospel witness, Malia um, and Miss Heather, I mean, if you wanted to, uh, I do feel like right now folks have been listening. We've been talking about the gospel. We've been talking about Christ. We've been talking about coming to the Lord uh, I didn't give my testimony on this, but I probably should at some point. Uh, but both of you sort of did. Uh, if you had to make an appeal, someone has listened, they've heard your testimony, 
Uh, and you had the opportunity right now. You're sitting in the room with someone else. You're looking at them. They've, they've tuned into this because they're looking for an answer. They're seeking truth. How would you appeal to someone? Uh, what would you say about, okay, now the next step is, all right, I believe what you're saying. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe he went to the cross and I became sin. He became my sin there on the cross. Uh, I believe these things. I believe Jesus died, was buried, dead three days, rose again. Uh, I believe these things. And then now they're looking at you, Malia, and they say, now what do I do? Uh, so the final kind of segment of our, of our session, they're looking at you. They say, I believe these things. What would you say to them? Make an appeal for someone to come to Christ. Um, first, and f- <laughs> first and foremost, um, I would say, very, like, congratulations for believing in that. I think I um, heavily encourage you to go, you know, either talk to your pastor or somebody who's a spiritual leader in your life. Um, and then next, um, you know, obviously it's not required to get into heaven, but I really encourage you to, you know, ask to get baptized or make a confession unto like everyone because like I said confessions made with the mouth and even though um, that verse is talking about salvation I believe that you should let people know and I feel like once you become a Christian you want people to know you want people to know that you're um, you know reborn and I feel like you'll you'll know for me I knew like as soon as I had gotten saved it it almost felt like a burden like lifted off me like it was actually insane it was it, it was crazy so I just what I would do is I would just encourage you to talk to a spiritual leader, maybe your pastor, your youth leader, whoever. Um, All right. So, Miss Heather, do you want to make an appeal? Like, let's say you're sitting in a room and a friend is saying, okay, what, do I, what must I do to be saved? You've presented this powerful message that we've talked about. Why, why the Bible? You know, why do we look to the Bible for truth? Here's what the Bible says about truth. Now, what should I do? If they're looking at you and say, what should I do now? What are you going to say? Um, oftentimes, if I am talking maybe with a child at camp, um, I really believe the next step is theirs. There's nothing that I can do for you. Um, that you, the relationship with God is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you have a full understanding of what the gospel is and you hear God's voice calling you, then you're basically ready to accept and that you realize that I have sinned and that I cannot get to heaven on my own merit. Therefore, I must rely on the merit of someone who is greater than I am, and that is the life of Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, you you accept. And then I think a lot of people, after that time, they don't continue to maybe seek, um, especially for a young child. They don't have anybody to help them grow in their faith. Um, so the next step after that, that you go to God, that you get in your word, um, in his word, and that you continue to surround yourself with Christians and those that can help lead you and direct you in the faith. Um, I think that's one of the greatest mistakes that people made is that. And then the second thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I think often, especially if a teenager has grown up in church um, or even an adult has grown up in church, they're afraid to start asking questions because they're afraid what people will think about them. Um, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't even be afraid to maybe question some things that are in God's word um, to where you're looking for answers. Not questioning just to criticize, but questioning for answers I think is different. So I think you continue to, um, like you said, just seek after what God would have for you and ask the right questions to the right people. 
people and then truly look in his word. Um, his Bible, the Bible tells us oftentimes that it is a, a lamp or a light into our feet and it'll direct our paths. So when you surround yourself with his word, then I think it'll continue to direct you in the next steps that you should take. All right. Well, I do know this is the longest episode we've ever done, but let me just say I did have two women in the studio with me today, and that's a lot of talking. Not fair. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I will say there were three opinions. I do feel like uh, this was great, and I appreciate both of you ladies joining me today uh, for this. Um, uh, let me say uh, we will begin uh, producing and putting out every Thursday. Uh, these podcasts will come out. We'll do this throughout the school year, and I know the school year is just starting this week. You can find uh, all of our information if you're finding this on Talk the Text. Uh, you can find out about our youth program here in Cleveland County uh, in North Carolina, and a great program to be a part of, and we would love to have you join us. Uh, we do Bible teaching like what Miss Heather's talking about, and then this is kind of an overflow of that, and these are special episodes. So thank you for joining us. And uh, tune in uh, next time before we start actually studying passages again. We're going to cover uh, like why service and why you would be called into service of the Lord. Why baptize and what obedience to baptism really talks about. But Malia, thank you for joining us today uh, to talk to us about the salvation part of this. And then uh, we will get feedback from those that follow this, I know. And uh, the people that give us feedback will uh, let us know whether Miss Heather will be joining us more often or uh, if she's going to be booted off the show. Uh, Are you taking votes now? Uh, it was like American Idol that we get <laughs> voted oh, off. And we, <laughs> I didn't know so, uh, so Miss Heather didn't know she was in an audition to be a part of the show, uh, but you'll have to let me know uh, if you want to see her back. And if you do then uh, we'll see what we can do about lining her back up to be with us for some more of these shows. So that's right. She's like, vote for number seven, vote for number seven. So thank you so much. And uh, again, we are uh, so thankful for the opportunity for you to listen. And we'll see you next week.